Yeah. I uh been in the room but didn't see down lower on my screen <coughs> where it said enter the room and David texted me and said, Hey, uh he can't see you. I said, Hold on. Well, I I I oh this might be oh this might be my producer calling. Oh, here we go. I think this is uh standby. Hello. Oh, I'm staring at his beautiful face right now. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have fun. All, all right, brother. Thank you. Is uh, is uh, David manager, relative, uh, both? No, no. He's a manager. He lives in Washington, D.C. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. fantastic. Uh, good morning, everyone. Bam, we're live. I apologize. We are still uh, suffering a three to three or four more days suspension on YouTube, but you can still find us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Rumble. Etc. Have you have you ever been booted or or, or suppressed? Uh, has your story you ever had anyone try to suppress your story? Well, I'm sure it has been, yeah, for many years. But that was back in the day when, um, yeah, absolutely, when it first started. And it was more top secret back then. The government classified it that way, and um, yeah, you can read about it in the book, all the stuff that happened. But now it's not nobody. Uh, it's like the door is open for anyone now. I did uh, finish the book last night. I listened to the audio version, uh, and I just want to say thank you. What what, what a uh, what a cool gift you've given humanity to share your story. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. Um, how how old are you, Chris? I'm sixty one. And this is a little bit off topic, but not off topic to the book. How's the arthritis? Has it subsided? Uh, from where it was, a thousand percent. Um, yeah. It's still there. It's rheumatoid. My numbers are uh, low now. My, what they call a DA score, which is disease activity. But they still want to put me on all this expensive medication. But I, I came off all of it in 2020 right when COVID hit and I went from uh, almost wheelchair bound, uh, which I was in it often or came to where I can, I can walk and do things that I couldn't for a long time there. Um, I uh, belong to this community. It's a, we're all pretty uh, kind of nutty health fanatics, right? We believe in uh, everything we eat and we believe in personal responsibility and accountability and lots of movement. Look at even someone's already th uh, throwing a, a comment out there. Tell them to use zeolite to cleanse out parasites. I, I don't even know what that means. Um, but, but have you, have you ever tried a carnivore diet? Uh, well, you know what? I was going vegan uh -huh. because of my love for animals. And my, yes, sir. My I respect that. My rheumatologist said, no, you absolutely can't because with no immune system, that was when I was really on all this stuff. Right. Uh, it would be uh, a disaster because the meat protein gives you, helps your immune system. But um, somebody told me this week that I should try that. Uh, it, after uh, there are some there are some uh, really legitimate practitioners of the carnivore diet that I could put you in touch with uh, who have seen just incredible success with reducing all inflammation by going on the carnivore diet. I had a guest on here. I'm trying to remember his first name. His last name was Chafee. And he basically he's a 
just this beautiful yoked man, right? Muscular man. He eats a steak every day at 6 p.m. and that's it. Maybe two. That's wow. it. That's all he eats. Wow. And, I have a, and, and he's a doctor and he's an MD. Could you send me some links for that? Or I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up with him. Oh, Anthony Chafee. I'm gonna set you up with him for sure. Uh, when we're done. Absolutely, I would really appreciate that. And I can tell you there for a while I was uh, doing juicing every day, and that seemed to help me a tremendous amount as well. I'm still trying it and doing it. It's just my time hasn't allowed me to stay on that track daily like a. Ever since writing this book, my time has been limited. That's crazy. Um, well, I benefited from your book, so thank you. What were you juicing? Uh, kale and uh, beets and everything. Cucumber, okay. just the whole. Um, and it was fresh daily. And um, it's really expensive to do that, too. I mean, I was ordering it online at that time. And it just got so expensive. It was hard for me to maintain that. You're in your shop. Right, my workshop. And in the book, you mentioned, you mentioned that you moved. Uh, in, in, your, in your workshop, your home's in uh, North Carolina, is that correct? Yes, sir, North Carolina. And you, it, when is it that you moved? There is a, there is a site where uh, you know, I'd say a large percentage of the book takes place where you've had most of these encounters. But since then, you've moved. How, how far have you moved from that house? I moved 20, um, 25 minutes away up toward town, but the, the encounters are greater now than they've ever been. I mean, I've never seen the amount of activity that's happening, and it's growing exponentially uh, right now. Do you, do you know anyone who has – have you heard of anyone who's having as many encounters as you? No, sir, and I don't think the government has either. Uh, so just so everyone knows, th there's so many uh, weird ways to take this uh, interview with Chris. Chris is the author of UFO of God. Um, uh, it's a uh, condensed version autobiography with the the main thread of the book being his experiences with the unknown. And these unknowns um, show themselves to him as orbs. And, uh, and he was visited by a, a stunning... Uh, almost undescribable, uh, beautiful lady and how it's affected his life at the deepest levels and his interaction with the rest of humanity and, 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 and finding what he's supposed to do. And then one of the parts that I was sort of kind of blown away by, and I didn't even expect, and I can't relate to it all is sort of the, the social pressures and the social uh, uh, drama that came with telling the world um, that he had had experience with these orbs and with the unknown on a regular basis and how it affected his entire family. And I thought, I, I just want everyone to know who's watching this. I'm not here to convince you of anything that he saw is true or not true. I'll show you some videos that he has um, taken. Once you get into the book, there's a cohort of people around him that didn't even know him that have come to him. And it seems like all of them eventually experienced the orbs and the number of sightings. This isn't how do you see them every day now? Every single every, day, every single day you're interacting. Yeah. Uh, let's just say this week, uh, it rained a couple nights. It didn't last night. I took probably 20 video last night with my daughter and her husband, but 
Um, I've probably taken a hundred plus videos in the last seven days. And most of them of that has been, uh, the, the, the amazing thing is, is it shifted from being objects flying over in the sky to objects on the ground now. So they're coming from the sky to the ground, uh, coming within five, 10 feet at times. And I have it on video. And, and, and do you know anyone else anywhere on planet earth that's having these interactions? Uh, well, I'm sure there may be, but I don't know of any. There's a, there's a line at the very end of the book. And I thought I wrote it down here, but basically you tell people if you want to have these interactions, go out into the night sky and look up. And, and, and what was the line? Do you remember the exact line you said? Well, uh, not exactly, but it, you just need to humble yourself and uh, accept that it's real and ask permission to interact and um just hold on to your shirt tail because it's a very good chance it's happening. It will happen. And I'll tell you one thing too, that's amazing. And I have friends in the government that I, I you know, I've been working uh, officially or unofficially with government for 15 years now. And, and the people writing the forward are us government. Um, and they vouch for that. And, um, but what we have noticed is the amazing amount of folks that have read this book and suddenly start reporting, interacting or seeing these orbs and stuff. So it's, it's what the government calls the hitchhiker effect, but it really is, it's really happening. Nearly every day somebody writes me and said, you changed my life. And I walked outside and suddenly there's an orb appears. So, I think it's like a truth switch within us. Once you realize it's real, it it is there. So it's it's interesting what Manny uh, says. I don't want to have these interactions. It's interesting. I last night when I when I finished the book and you said that I I had this kind of a little bit of terror um, overcome me because there's almost like a challenge in the book. It's ten o'clock at night, and I thought, well, why don't I go outside? look up into the heavens and repeat these words that, that Chris uh, mentions at the end of the book. And, and, and I was, I didn't, I, and I, and I didn't cause I was scared oh, um, okay. like a little kid who's afraid of the dark, like that, like, or like that, you know, I, I went under my sheets. It was very natural uh, to be afraid of that. And, uh, but it's fine. It's always been a spiritual thing to me and, and reading the book will, um, just tell you a journey that I went on for the last 16 years or most of my life, but how, um, how blessings have come to others from, you know, it's amazing without giving the story away. There's a lot of people that have been blessed from this physically, uh, incurable diseases to, you know, all kinds of issues, cancers, so that's uh, that's part of the story. I, I, I want to pull up a video. This one, uh, this one rocked me pretty good. Uh, on. This it is... has a tail on it. My Lord, thank you for this. A voice is shaking. You're not going to believe this video. I'm 24 seconds in. I can't believe this video. 
Yeah, pretty amazing. How, how far? How far away is that from you? Do you have any idea? Is that like a, a million miles away, or is that? It was a long ways, but you know, I was seeing it, and no, uh, so you can't tell if that. I mean, it's in front of the stars, I guess, guys, right? Because as is, it passes in front of the stars, this is amazing. Can... I'm telling you. Well, uh, you know, uh, 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 there's a good chance it has an aura that around this video was um, was SpaceX, you know, but I'm not sure about that. But there are two thousand videos on myself on my uh, camera on my telephone that I have accumulated over the last two years. And some of them are ground level within feet of me. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Let me, let me, let me play this one. Uh, this one's crazy too. This is, it's so hard to tell from the video how close these things actually are. Yeah. That's about 20 feet away. And, and those it, purple dots down at the bottom, that's the light you're looking at and the one in the upper left-hand corner? Yeah, there were more than one there. You'll see a white um, a white one appear, that light blue orb is just sitting there, and it'll brighten up very white here shortly down there, yeah. But that's uh, 40 videos this week of those, and they fly out of the forest and fly right over my head, right? You know, if they're witnesses here, they see them too with me. And that's what we've been studying for 15 years is see that white orb just appear at the bottom. Yeah. So, it, so that's 20 feet away from you. No more than 25 feet. It, uh, so uh, there's questions just piling up in the side here. So in 2007, uh, Chris Bledsoe had his first interaction. It's now 2023. In the book, um, and we've talked about this on this show quite a bit, about to, you believe, at least in the book, I think there's a time where you believe that these interactions occur because of a frequency or an emotional state that you get into, and therefore that's when the communication begins, the same way like you would tune in a radio station on a radio? Well, sort of – at the very beginning of the book, you'll hear me. I was desperate, crying out for help because I had lost everything I had and was dying sick. I mean, I just had a near-death experience, and I was 46 years old and at the bottom of my life and four children at home, the youngest, a little girl at 9 or 10, and three boys, the oldest 17. And um, I was building 100 homes a year. And 911 hit and destroyed the market. And I had 72 houses under construction and just couldn't manage the business anymore. I watched it go away. And so when I had nothing left, but nothing, I had to put my children on free school lunches. It was that bad. And so I went down uh, to the river and uh, started crying out to whoever's in, in the sky. I was just looking up at the heavens saying, Lord, help me. What do I do? I, I'm too sick to work. I can't feed my family. And suddenly these big balls of fire appeared and came out of the sky and took me for four hours and brought me back. And my Crohn's disease was gone. And so through prayer, that's how it appeared. And that's what made it come. And to this day, I do the same thing. I walk out and I say a prayer and ask 
um, for that, their presence. And here they come. 16 years it's been going on like that. And the government's known about it. NASA, um, the CIA, the DIA, the DOD, uh, even in other countries have all, you know, contacted me or studied this and are still doing that to this very day. Uh and, and and these coins, you have you have dozens of these coins, right? And these are all from uh, sort of proof and commemoration of all the interaction that you've had, yeah, with with the U.S. government in terms of people being like, okay, something's going on. Absolutely, and, and you can read there. You can read in the introduction to my book and the forward, or high level uh, U.S. government officials. Jim Simivan is the clandestine. Uh, director of clandestine operations. He was essentially uh, one of the highest ranking uh, guys in the government. He was appointed to his position by the president and he came into my, our family's life uh, on this journey years ago. In fact, I'm going up to Delaware to visit with him and his wife and my wife and this little boy you hear about in the book that was dying we're all having a little summer vacation next month on the beach in Delaware, but we yeah. all, you know, we stay together. Um, th th that, that boy, the boy that had cancer uh, that you interacted with, is, is he in college now? He is uh, finishing his exams next, uh, the first week of May. And he'll be a junior his next, when he starts. Yeah. He's in college. He's starting his third year in college. And he's about to go to Europe for three months. And, uh, you know, he had a feeding tube. They they told us he was going to die and was given a make a wish. And his mom is a doctor. His grandpa's a doctor, uh, a cardiologist in New York City, very prominent family. His dad was appointed to his job by Bill Clinton. And so um, they had given up hope to find help for this child and. Uh, President Obama gave him his make-a-wish and he wanted to be in the army so they let him go into Pentagon basement and play army with like the Delta Force and in the dark and um, so they contacted me and flew me up to Washington DC and I was terrified I had no idea what I was doing and I just called on help from the spiritual experience that has steadily been going on. And I just asked for this child to be healed. And right, he had mitochondrial DNA disease, uncurable, meaning he could never eat. He had a feeding tube. It wasn't cancer. And they gave him no time to live one year. And of course, he's, a, he's going to be a junior in college this year. Um, in, in two, was it 2012 that you met the lady? Yes, sir. Um, can you, can you, can you tell us about that meet, meeting the lady? Cause th that's the pivotal moment when sort it, that relates also to, well, let me go back one second. Do a lot of people contact you now for, for healing? Are you getting just bombarded? I have overwhelmed? Never, it has been that way since all that happened in 2012. I've had no shortage of people reaching out. Yeah. Dozens a day. And, and what do they want to do? They want to come to you and, and, and sit with you and have you pray for them and, and hopefully have some interaction with the lady through you. 
Yeah, a, a lot of them do and, and do. A lot of them are long distance. For example, there's a scientist by the name of Bruce Fenton. He's on his own Facebook. That's how I met him. And he'll verify this. He calls me and says, Chris, <coughs> I have a friend in Australia who is has stage four ovarian cancer and they're not giving her much chance to live. And she's going in for surgery in like 45 days. And he said, can you help her? I said, well, send me some of her belongings. Send me a shirt. And I just want to pray over her shirt. And uh, I take it outside and, and ask these beautiful entities to, uh, to help her. And so I mailed it back. And it was during COVID when it was at the worst. So it took a month for the shipping to get back over there. And long story short, she goes in for a surgery and they put her back under the MRI machine before she went into surgery and it was all gone. And there was a huge celebration. But the doctor said, you know, what in the world happened to you? And she said, I don't know other than I mailed a T-shirt to a man in America. And uh so she's cancer free today. Uh, uh, Heidi, Heidi asked this question: Is he is he crediting this to God or aliens? And uh, the answer is yes, right? God, God yeah. Is, is it both? Is it both? Is is it? Are uh, they I'm interchangeable? Never, well, you can you know some people call them aliens, but I believe they're probably, and of course I don't know, right? I don't know, but my my sense is. It's the same thing that the people in the old days in the Bible were writing about. They called them angels. A lot of people today call them aliens. And um, this, I think it's probably one and the same. But there may be uh, all sorts of stuff out there. But my experience has been with balls of fire and light. And I have videos of these beings. I have more than one video. I have a oh, video. I know. The Instagram is just full of them. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you um? I'm I'm looking at the comments here, and and some people are making light of it. They're 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 saying, and I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, you know, tons of this. Uh, sounds like a TV evangelist. Send me a hundred dollars, and I'll send you some holy water. Um, you haven't monetized this, right? You haven't. No, uh, never. Oh. Uh, uh, Sixteen years, I've worked with people. I haven't been to UFO shows. I haven't been saying, look at me. I haven't tried to be on TV. I have I've turned more offers down money. Uh, I did a UFO show with uh, Discovery back in 08. They tried to give me money. I wouldn't take it. So, no, I've never monetized this ever. This is the first time I've ever really gone public um, with the story, with a book, by the way, but. No, I've always been here to help people that need help, and there's no shortage of them. Uh, feel, free to, feel free to interrupt. Um, just to sum up for people who are listening, basically he has this experience in 2007. He shares it with some people. He has family members, including a son. I can only imagine who he had this experience with. And basically a shitstorm occurred then after his family. He was basically ostracized in his small community, 
and it wasn't a, a pleasant experience. And he basically decided that he wasn't going to go forward and share it anymore. That basically the repercussions of sharing his experience with the unknown uh, was, was damaging his family and his young kids weren't enjoying the experience and the way they were being treated at school. And, and Chris didn't enjoy the way the community was treating him. So he was going to stay quiet about it. Then he had this experience with this lady in 2012. Hopefully we can, uh, we'll hear about that in just a second. And that lady basically gave him a mission says, hey, basically, you can't forget about this. I'm showing myself to you, so you'll spread the messages that I share with you to the world. And uh, for good or for bad, he has been assigned the duty for sharing the message. And uh, if you read the book, he has done it in a very, uh, always a positive, upbeat uh, manner, honest, and yet uh, delicate. Nothing um, uh, risque or... um, What's that called when you um, – no embellishment. Uh, like you said, he, he has very comfortable saying he doesn't know. I don't want to say the book tiptoes around because it doesn't tiptoe around, but he has some very important things to share, and yet he's delicate with how he shares them. Would you say that's a, a fair characterization? Absolutely. I don't want to influence anyone. All I can do is prove what's happening. Unlike most people out there, they make a lot of claims. They see – you know, Pleiadians and Arcturians. And I'm like, how do they know this? It's not possible. You see a light fly by and suddenly they're, they're part of the Galactic Federation of Light. It makes no sense. For 16 years, I filmed this. For, well, since 2012. I never could film it until 2012 when the lady came. And she said, if you do this, I will help you. I'll help you share with the world because we want... Uh, our presence revealed to the world. And suddenly uh, I began to take pictures of orbs with people in them, dogs in them, uh, animals, clear to see all around me. And um, that's when the, uh, when I, you know, I was working with NASA during that time and they caught wind of this after the lady, this dog of mine this labrador was uh very badly injured she had a big gash on her neck and was bleeding to death and there were a lot of witnesses there one investigator from canada by the name of grant cameron he was standing there watching what happened i had no idea what happened to this dog i know she's she was she was bleeding bad and every time in heartbeat, I, I laid her on the ground and put my hand on her neck in this big gaping hole. And I cried out, what do I do? She's going to die right here. I can't call the veterinarian. I can't call the ambulance. If I get her in my truck or car, I can't get her. She's going to die. She's going to bleed to death right here. And there was six or eight people standing there. With, and Grant had his camera out. And I just cried out, what do I do? I looked up at the sky and and suddenly i felt her go limp and um immediately i lifted my hand and that big gash was gone disappeared in front of everyone and that was that was the beginning of this in 2012 when my mission changed from uh, being quiet about it and five years of ridicule and darkness i just went into my own world of helping whoever would call that's how i ended up uh nasa knew about it the cia knew about this dog 
and that's how I was called to Washington to help this child. Um, you went for uh, I, you flipped it. What, what was the date on that? It was um, the dog was in May of 2013, May 5th. Uh, but the so, lady came in. She came three times, uh, but she came Easter three Easter's in a row. Uh, 2012, Easter of 2012, Easter of 2013. And Easter of 2014. Why Easter? I don't know, but that's when she comes. And this week I filmed this fire all around me. I have over 40 videos of this fire burning, this yellow flame around me and around my guest and friends. Is that on is that on your Instagram? I haven't shared it publicly. In fact, I was gonna tell you, in fact, last Easter, and I'll share this soon. Um, I would film something that come out of the air flying as big as a, a, a small jet with wings glowing orange. When it flew over my head, it turned white and flew south, turned a 90 degree turn and flew out of sight. And I filmed it the whole time. Yeah, I, I heard you on the, on your son's podcast uh, talk about how you've seen um, the orbs as small as baseballs and as large as 737s. Yep, absolutely. Chris, were you disappointed? Have you been disappointed that you saw the lady three years in a row and you haven't seen her since? Well, I have seen her since. Okay. Easter 2019. Okay, that's what I have in my notes. Okay. And then this week, all week, for a month, building up to this Easter has been probably the most incredible experience I've had with filming uh, this phenomenon all around me and my guests, many guests. And to this summer, there's a, a there's a new series coming out on History Channel, and I, everybody pay attention to it. I can't say any more about it, but they're featuring my family and some of it, and I think you'll get to see just what we're talking about. Are you excited? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when 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 I I'm I'm not a I'm not a uh, a religious man in in the slightest. I do uh, um, uh, believe in the unknown. I don't believe is not the correct word. I have awareness of the unknown. And so when I hear people use the word believe, it always kind of, I don't know if triggers the right word, but it makes me kind of like chuckle inside because I, I don't believe anything. There's things that I use as placeholders, but I do have awareness of the unknown. And it happened in a very similar fashion. Uh, the, my connection with the unknown happened in a very, very similar uh fashion that yours did i was put into a situation where i was ready i i I had was ready to give up i wasn't asking for any help i was ready to turn off and i had an experience with a light very different than yours though from to me it seemed like it came out from inside of me and filled the room from inside of me but 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 it basically it it killed me when i saw it and i was and i was um it, it it killed it killed it killed me in the sense that I, 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 it, it erased me. It, it made it so instead of being me, I'm now something else that can now see me. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah it, 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 absolutely. But I will tell you this, please. Um, and your story, one more thing I want to get out there and your story. As soon as I started reading your story, even before you said it in the book, I thought, um, wow, this reminds me of Job. 
because I do know the story of Job. Of all the stories in the Bible, that is, I, I've always been fascinated with that story. And uh, there's tons of it, it things, but when my dog, and we're probably not the only two people who said this, but um, when my dog died and I held my dog in my arms, I told my dog, I heard it come out of my mouth, go to the light, go to the light, Bhagavan, go to the light. And I was like, wow, who is this talking? So there, and there's so many things in your book that I could, was just like, holy shit, this is, this could be my life. Uh, if you look in the book, you'll see a picture of that dog that I took of her after I, we buried her. My children buried her. I was at Cape Canaveral, uh, met the, the general over NASA's, at NASA in Florida and was in mission control and uh, had been there almost a week working and watching a launch and talking with scientists. And I got home. She had uh, had gotten run over by a car and my family didn't tell me they didn't want to disturb me. But when I got home, I knew she was dead. Before I walked in the door, I asked them what happened to Nellie and they told me she was run over. But I went out to her grave at night and uh, just totally distraught and spoke to her and out of the thin air appeared this white orb, which I took a picture of that orb. And there is no doubt. And there's a Labrador retriever in that orb. You can see it plain. And, um, yeah. But what, uh, what, and, and you say in the book and it's very subtle. And I think I caught it. You say in the book and Nellie doesn't even know she's dead. Right. She didn't know she was dead. It happened so quick. She was still here. And I have a sense of, uh, of seeing and seeing it. I see it. I have thousands of photos of these things and not just videos. And, uh, but one thing I wanted to say was in comparison to your story in 16 years, and, and I haven't been to church no more than three or four times in 16 years. So if everybody thinks I'm a religious church fanatic, well, that's not true. Uh, I was a deacon in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. When it happened, they thought I was crazy. They thought the devil himself had come and they brought droves of people with holy water sprinkling my property and me and it uh and they also the south is such a different place i'm in california it's so different here yeah well there's, there's no there's no god there's only blue-haired people right well what i wanted to say was um in 16 years i have literally had thousands of people write me i've had a thousand this month or more but so many write me and said, um, I never told this story, but I feel like I can share with you. I've never told it for fear of ridicule. And, and um, I don't want my family to know. And, but all these people come to me and I'd say, okay, before you tell me your experience, I want to know what life was like when it started happening. Tell me something about the, the time frame." of what was happening in your life. And 99.9% of all people, all, not, not a few, but all of them, will always say what you just said. They were ready to give up on life or they lost yeah. their husband, they lost their wife, they lost a child, they lost their job. Um, some tragic problem that's happened with these people caused the paranormal world to come. This force to come around you and you start seeing it not everybody but there's literally thousands have written me and they're all the same thing comes when you're suffering and struggling 
um, the, the, the only, do you know, do you know a book, um, uh, um, by a gentleman named Richard Bach? He wrote a book called Illusions. No. The, the only experience I have with orbs is, uh, one night I was sleeping and all of a sudden I was in, I was in space. I was somewhere where it was all black and it was, it was very real. It wasn't just like a regular dream. And there were, uh, hundreds if not thousands of these orbs in the sky it was dark and they were all lit up but they also didn't give light off they were light unto themselves but i've seen and, that and they don't and they didn't wouldn't give me any light off and when i try I, I i tried to speak to them and when i spoke to them um i cried like a baby anytime i opened my mouth it just sounded like crying it didn't sound like words makes sense and then um and then i and then i uh I woke up and I, and I felt like I landed. I felt like I was dropped back in my bed. Like I, I had this feeling of falling back into bed. And then I went out. I immediately went outside. It was probably like three in the morning. And I was like looking around. I was tripping. And, and that's it. And that's a very unique experience for me. I don't normally have dreams. I can't think of any other dreams that have ever rocked me like that. But those two experiences are my only experiences with, um, with that. Um, you also said that you had matter from the orbs. You actually saw something come off one of the orbs and you collected it. Could you t share that that yeah, day uh, and what you did with the matter that came from it? I've seen two different types. In fact, uh, one particular type you'll see in the book I write about is, um, and these would be visible orbs that are like a burning fireball, just pure fire. And maybe 30. Is it actually moving like fire? It's like dancing yeah. like fire. It has texture of fire. Okay. Yeah, it's swirling around these orbs, this rotation. They're always rotating. All okay. I don't care if it's as big as a marble or big as a, a house. They're rotating, swirling. And, clockwise. And you said clockwise. Right. Okay. And and the there was metal metal dripping off of uh, this orb. And this is not the only one. But I, I have this metal, and Tom DeLong got some of it, uh, and so did. Uh, That's the Blink One Eighty Two guy. Yeah, he he. Uh, in fact, I took him and Lou Elizondo on a journey to a couple other friends that collected some of that same metal that was dripping off of orbs, and they're you they they're testing it. In fact, the U.S. government took some of that and made it classified. I'll never get it back. But there were three pieces of it. Um, do you regret giving it to them? Well, yeah, now I do in a way because I've been told it's worth a billion dollars if I could find another piece of it. So I've been steady looking, right? But Yeah, yeah. But I gave it away, and I didn't ask for anything when I gave it. It was for science. Well, the U.S. government's got it now, and that's fine, the military. But that's okay, you know. But also... These, um, I get a lot of these flames that appear, this little yellow fire. And from that, I have camera, I have witnesses seen it, and we have photographed it, of this material that looks like cotton, white cotton. And it doesn't sink. It just sits there. It doesn't, it, the wind will blow it away, but if there's no wind, it doesn't fall. It'll just sit there. And when you reach out and touch it, it disappears in your hand. And I filmed that this year with an academic scientist from oh. the University of Charlotte. 
Um, this is the stuff that's uh, this stuff. Uh, you're talking about this. No, that's smoke. I get that a lot too. Um, you can see that smoke going around and around that tree. If you zoom in on it close, you can see it, it, it wraps itself around that tree. And there was a CIA agent with me that night and his wife when that happened. Oh, and I do see it right here. You're seeing yeah. it swirling around the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And look to the left, you'll see an entity there. Point you uh, to the bottom left where it's look right there. That? Yep. If you look closely, you can see a figure there. These are the legs? Well, it's maybe the, I think it's like floating horizontal, but that photo has been studied a lot. And so is that tree. You know, that tree spontaneously combusted three times in one evening, drenched it with a hose pipe at nine o'clock and it came back at 12. It was a fire again. What What is that inside of that tree? Those are people's belongings that would come to my house needing prayer or sick with cancers, uh, all sorts of diseases, and they'd bring their belongings and wanted to place them in the tree. The tree was pretty famous. God, it, uh, I, I don't, I, I guess I, I was going to say, I don't mean this to be mean, but maybe I can't help it, but to be mean, but it must've been brutal parting with that house. It was very sad. It sure was. Um, you know, I just couldn't afford it anymore. I got sick. This rheumatoid arthritis nearly killed me and I couldn't keep the, I couldn't work. I couldn't pay for it. I couldn't stay there. So we moved to a little cabin on a pond six years ago and the, the phenomenon moved here with me. Doesn't matter. I've been in Encinitas with Tom DeLong or um, a group of other people, producers, and it appear over the Pacific and fly right over my head. All of us, 200 feet above us. And um, it's, it's happening more now than ever. In the book, um, your first encounter in 2007, there was a four-hour lapse in time that you can't remember. Uh, this um, lapse in time, then you, you spoke to someone, I can't remember who, but they walked you through some sort of hypnosis or some therapy that told you, hey, uh, basically whatever happened in that four hours was so traumatic that you've pur purposely compartmentalized it so that you, you, it doesn't scare you. Well, Is that, ha Have you ever found out what happened in those four hours? Yeah, what he told me, it was a Harvard, it worked with John Mack at Harvard University, Dr. Michael O'Connell. He died. Uh, a couple of years after that, when when he came, but he started a series of hypnotic regressions on me. And the first were to remove the block that they put. They blocked my brain. They do everybody that way. You, you, when they take you, you just can't remember what happened. They have a way of, of you know, suppressing your memory. But he said, he said, what I did is I removed that block, but I basically programmed you to where you can't remember all this at one time because if you do it would probably drive you nuts um it, it might be very frightening so what i did was ask for these memories to come over a period of time but you will remember well i'm still struggling to remember i do remember greatly uh being above the earth and something clear I couldn't see the walls of the floor. 
but I could see the ground from up above the earth. Very similar to what happened when I was 10 years old. And this is in the book. I was in a hunting accident uh, at 10. I was shot point blank in the back with a shotgun. Blew a hole in me big as an orange in my left shoulder back here. Right in line with my heart. 350 pieces of lead went through my body there. And I have lead you can see right here on my chest. If I pull my shirt up, you can see these black, uh, this bird shot. But it never touched a vital organ, something. Uh, but I remembered that was my memory of being uh, while I was in unconscious in the hospital. Uh, I had a near death and I was looking down from above. I could see the ground below me and the stars in front of me. And it was just this ultimate peace and quietness. And I wasn't afraid. I could just see. So... All my life, I've struggled with these strange accidents, uh, breaking my, uh, fracturing my spine to uh, being burnt badly more than once. Uh, it was like something was always trying to stop me. That's what I always believe. Something wants to kill me. Why does these freak accidents happen? I bought a brand new car, a 1979 Trans Am, 2,000 miles on it. It ran hot. What year did you buy that? 79 it was a 79 and you bought it in 79 god yeah. you're a cool dude burt reynolds shit yeah that was back when that was all happening you know yeah and but anyhow i raised the hood up and the radiator was just boiling and the radiator cap blew off and put from my neck i jumped back and it just missed my face but it went from this ear all the way to my belt and out this whole left arm and I had to have uh, operations on my arm to, to debris, and you know, it was it was terrible. But who has a new car that does that? You know? Right, right. Well, it was 1979, yeah, and it was American. Um, uh, uh, the the unknown's a trip, right? Um, the uh, creator of. Uh, of CrossFit, a gentleman named uh, Greg Glassman. His dad was the chief scientist at Hughes Aircraft, uh, is a uh, dear friend of mine. And he has told me, he, basically, if it can't be measured, it doesn't exist. Okay. And he said, and there's five kinds of measurement, right? And, and he goes through what they are. And so it, it, it's, um, but the unknown would mean, and I've, and I've joked with him and said, um, well, what if there's a sixth, the reason why we can't see the unknown, because there's a sixth form of measurement. And since we don't have that ability to measure that, because me measurements is, is, is perception, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's recording a perception, right? And so what if there's a sixth kind of sixth kind of measurement and we don't have that and therefore something exists, but we refuse to acknowledge it because we can't measure it because we don't have the tool to measure it with. Does any? I'm 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 just feeling around in the dark here. Does any of that resonate with you? Well, I've heard that, but I can tell you also if you look at the forward in my book by you know Jim Simivan, he tells you that this that the um, the college, the um, Invisible College, which is a group of about two hundred of the top scientists in the world, they're invisible. You don't know who they are, although I know quite a few of them. They um, 
they have investigated me and are still investigating me. And I have really messed the minds up of a lot of these scientists because they would say, if you can't see it, it don't exist. Well, I'm sorry for you because I have shared it with many of them. A peer, uh, John Alexander, very good friend of mine, Colonel, U.S. Army Colonel John Alexander, went to Harvard University, run Los Alamos National Laboratories. He's in my book. He also put me in his book, Reality Denied. And that's because in 2015, he comes to my house. I met him in the very first chapter of my book where we, we were working with, you know, the danger for the Pope. But uh, he comes and he wants to go to where it all happened on the Cape Fear River. And I took him down there with my daughter and his wife. And we went down, walked down to the river and come back up to the gate. And it was dark, just starting to get dark. And he said, can we stay here a few minutes until the stars come out? I said, absolutely. So my daughter's sitting in the back seat with her door open and her feet out facing the same direction. He and I are leaning against the car. And we're looking towards the south, and um, I knew they were there. I, I felt them. I sensed them. And I said, John, they're here right now. And I pointed up, and then within 10 seconds of me pointing up, this uh, huge ball of light appeared in a flash. And it flashed like five times, flash, flash, flash. And then it shot off to the south. Well, he writes, a, he writes in his book, uh, Reality Denied, about that experience. And 50 years he's been on the trail for the government of the paranormal. He is the guy. Um, and that was the only second uh, sighting in 50 years of research that he had ever seen. And by far the most, uh, the, the best one. But what he tells is about how I told about it before it happened. And that's what got the, the government and the scientists even more involved because I've done that dozens of times and I've done it on camera and recently. When, when it's, it seems like recently it's been okay to publish, you know, although these newspapers are so full of shit anyway, uh, but for some reason, it's been okay to talk about UFOs mainstream, and we've been seeing. I've seen videos on the internet that show Navy ships with, you know, and, and they all they all look like the ones you're taking pictures of too. By the way, they all look like that one. Yeah, sure do. Uh, that you know, hundreds of these orbs circling a Navy ship and things like that. What What do you think about that stuff? Do you think? Well, is it a, is it a relief to you? Well, I'll tell you how it all started with the government. Is in 2007 when it happened. I didn't report it for the first 10 months because the, the community was giving me a fit. And uh, my, my wife was afraid our children, it was disturbing them. They were little and they were terribly afraid. And then the phenomenon started happening in the house and it never quit. It walked right in and these orbs would appear in the house and flash and out would step these shadowy beings and walk through the walls. But when I reported it, um and late that shit is just scary that i mean that is scary that's in your house that's in your house yeah we have it in the house all the time it's in the house uh, just like four we filmed we we didn't film them but we had four 
different orbs in the house appear and fly by or sit there and hover, sizzling like electricity, and then pops and fill the light, uh, green light into our living room. My wife saw that one, and but it's been common for 16 years. Uh, but the cool thing was, in 2007, if you look at the records, the U.S. government was off the coast of North Carolina with their Navy. The Navy was. And it started with them in 2004. These orbs were circling their ships and their fleet. And so they were they were really blown away by it and monitoring it and seeing it. And then here comes 07. It's still happening. It was really heightened by then. And here goes a report uh, to MUFON, which the government gets all those reports. MUFON is what? Um, Mutual UFO Network. I, okay. I had no idea who they were until I decided to. I had to Google, who can I report my sighting to? And they came up. So I did. Well, the government got hold of that report the minute it was published. And what got them so interested was I described exactly even the length of this object that took me was a 45 foot long, maybe 50 foot. That was my description in writing of uh, what looked like an, uh, an, an egg or so laying flat ways or a football. Uh, 45, 50 foot long. And when they called me, they said, we knew right away this was uh, a mighty close to what the pilots were seeing because their radar measured it at the tic-tac at 46 foot. And that's what they told me. So they knew, bingo, here's a guy in North Carolina that's interacting or has been taken by one of these. So here comes the government. Boom. there, And they never left. Yeah, and they never left. I know it. it it's true. Uh, Robbie Meyer, serious question: Has he ever tried ayahuasca? Have you ever tried ayahuasca? Oh, I'd be afraid to do that. Yeah, me too. Even though I've done it. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, let me. This this video right here trips me out. So, the reason why this video trips me out is because this it actually I see one of the trees light up. Yeah. And that means this thing is actually emanating light. Yeah. There, right there. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Pretty crazy, eh? So that light in the sky, that ball is close enough that as it flies over, it lights up that tree purple like that? And sometimes they come over and they're only, um, you know, a couple hundred feet. They they don't look that close. Because no, it looks so far away. But they're not very big. These orbs on average... Uh, the most you'll see are in the beach ball or, or bowling ball size. But sometimes they, they get great big. And I have some a whole lot closer than that um, that I haven't shared much with. You can go on my website, my Instagram, and see a lot of those, even closer. Are... Um... Bear with me here as I feel around in the dark. Uh, Chris, are these um, creatures from far away or are these – or am I not even able to actually think about where they're from because they don't play by the same rules of time and space that my primitive monkey brain wants to play in? 
You know, I wish I had answers, but I don't really have answers. All I can okay. do is is share my story of uh, the last 16 years and all the major players from being contacted by universities to governments and what I do to ask it to come. And I do it openly uh, to um, some of the things that's happened with people being healed. And I don't say I'm doing that. I think that they do that. I just ask them. But what is it? I don't know. I wish I knew. And I'm working with U.S. government scientists now to try to figure out who are they. Uh, but there's a conduit here that they can see it and study it. And they do. And pretty much any time uh, I go out there and ask them to come, here they come. Not every time, but 99% of the time. Some as many as 30 or 35, 40 orbs will come. Have you ever touched one? Uh, I've had them fly through me. Wow. And did you feel that? Oh, yeah. Your hair you stands up like somebody shot you with electricity very quickly. Uh, is it a, pl a pleasurable experience or uh, unsettling yeah. or both? Yeah. I'm not afraid at all, at all. I've never been afraid. I was at night it happened, but they did something to me to take my fear away. And um, that'll be demonstrated on this show later this summer, I think, but uh, in real time. But we'll see. But I'm not afraid. Uh, you know, I'm 16 years. They could have eaten me uh, a million times. And people that are taken, they're usually brought back. And they some perceive it as a beautiful experience. Some perceive it as a negative. But they're back. They didn't kill them. Right. They didn't eat them. So, you know, we got to start figuring out who they are and what what it's about. But to answer that question earlier, I think they live above us. I think they're always there. And I know they hear your thoughts. There is absolutely zero doubt in that they're in control, that you won't see them unless they want you to. You won't film them unless they want you to. And they know what you're thinking before you think it. They know the direction you're going to look before you look because they'll line up in a certain way and wait for you to look that way. And when you do, they flash you or appear. Um, uh, Heidi, um, what is the message the lady wants you to spread? Well, in the book, you can read about this. Um, one thing she told me, she told me quite a few things. And, and I don't share it all, but, but um, I will eventually, maybe. But the most important thing that, uh, that she, she told me was that the world was, um, and this was in 2012 when she first came. And basically, she told me, this is your burden you must bear. You must share what you know to the world. Well, I don't know anything. Well, she said, just share what you know, what you're experiencing. With 2019, she comes back. And I filmed this interaction for 18 minutes. This orb comes out of the pond, hovers over my pond. And there's this glowing figure with an orb inside, right? And uh, the minute I put the camera on her, it vanished in front of me. So for the next 18 minutes, it started appearing in a 
the ball of light and disappearing. But for the first 10 minutes before I filmed, it was like, oh my God, this was incredible. But she said, um, trouble's coming. Warn the people. This is in 2019 at Easter. She said, warn the people that uh, trouble's coming to store up and lock your doors and that uh, we're going to we're going to awaken the people we're going to use you and and um, let you film us with film and with witness to help tell the world that we're here and uh, of our existence and so immediately the interaction went off the charts and I, I started talking i hadn't talked in eight years roughly at all i'd been hidden away suffering with Crohn's, I uh, was near wheelchair, I was in a wheelchair in and out at that time, was suddenly my health gets better, miracles start happening with my family, and then COVID hit in 2020. I was in San Francisco in February of 2020, still telling this warning and this story, and when I flew back to Fedville, within two weeks, COVID hit, and that had to be the trouble that they were talking about. But um, what do you think the waking up piece is? Well, I think they want to. She she told me that, and, and this was a a, a a kind of I didn't know what it meant, but she said when the red star of Regulus appears on the horizon before dawn, in the gaze of the Sphinx, at that time a new knowledge will happen or uh, for humanity. And so I told some astrologers that, uh, actually a literary agent to begin with, and she got in touch with astrologers, had no idea what Regulus was and any of that. And um, so it's pretty crazy how that this alignment is going to happen in 2026. And it's a major year. So I think that there's, I think we're going to learn about disclosure in a way that is conscience-based, not physical, not alien. There may be such a thing, but that's not been my experience. I don't want to diminish anybody else's experience. I just haven't had that. Mine's been with Beings of Light, which I have on film. I have it on still photo and on video of these glowing white figures coming out of orbs and um i think we're going to all learn something a new knowledge and maybe a new realm of peace for all of us to come i'm not sure though um you said that what the lady shared with you that you you haven't shared at all that some of it you're keeping why are you keep why aren't you sharing at all um, because some of it was negative images of, you know, disasters happening to us if we don't wake up. And that I stay away from speaking any negative. I don't want to speak it. I don't want to think about it. Mm. I don't want to talk it. I don't want to see it. I don't watch television mm. other than YouTube. I don't have a television subscription because if I did, it infects your mind. You get up in the morning and you see the news and wars where well, your whole day's screwed then because it gets in there and it, it, it hampers your ability to awaken 
And I can tell you, my experiences probably would halt if I did that. So I refrain from speculating or throwing out any negative things that may or may not happen. Um, I don't want to be known as that. I just want to be known as a person that's sharing something amazing with people. And if you're interested, you know, follow me and stay tuned. I can tell you amazing things are coming this year for everybody to see. And you're, um, you're optimistic about the future. Yeah. I'm always optimistic. I believe that, um, you know, the light will eventually win out. You had this uh, crazy experience. It, it, I can't even believe someone did this to you. Uh, uh, someone invited you like a, a priest or someone religious cat invited you to speak somewhere and share your story. And then while you're staring, sharing your story, he stood up and interrupted you and basically pointed at you and was like, Hey, demons have taken this guy over. Yeah, basically. And when I'm reading this in this book, I'm like, this is like some surreal stuff. By the way, for those of us who live on the West Coast of the United States, this is, do you remember that movie Footloose? Yeah. It, 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 when, you, when I hear you, I, I, it doesn't even seem like a 2023 to me, some of these stories that you're telling. It feels like 1951. Right. Like, uh, we're still in the Bible Belt, right? Right, I guess so, yeah. We're in the Bible Belt here, and... Um, a lot of the reason the government would never talk about this because some of these people in the military and the government believe um, believe it may be demonic or and they have no clue. They just don't want to touch it, right? Um, but yeah, the, it was one more um, ride when I came home telling you know I was out sick and praying somebody, whoever you are up there, please help me. And I was helped, but it, it wasn't what they wanted to hear. They didn't even care about that. It was you're playing with the devil. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was praying to uh, praying. I was actually on my knees seeking help. I, I was ready to, to die. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, the, the, the ultimate and, and they, these UFOs appeared if you want to call them that, I call them orbs, but you know, they were UFOs, unidentified balls of fire appeared and took me. And when they brought me back, I had no more symptoms after nearly 18 years of dealing with the worst conditions of uh, going to the bathroom 20 times a day. That's how bad it was. And more when it was really bad, debilitating. But that was great enough for me to say something. Why would an alien do that? Why would an alien care about my sickness? Or why would an alien care about thousands of people that write me and said their husband died and they started having lights in their house or things moving about, all sorts. So, you know, I've stayed pretty neutral in what it is. And I still do to this day. I study with some of the smartest scientists in the world. And we go at it together trying to figure it out. What is it? You know, I can't tell you. But I know how it's treated me and how it continues to come. I always honor it and say a little prayer and say I'm here. I appreciate your, your uh, presence. And boom, here they come. Chris. 
um, in prior to 2007, had you had aliens been any part of your life? UFOs? Had you even given them a second thought? Nope, not at all. Because I was building 100 homes a year and had four yeah. children, right? Yeah. And a good little father that was taking. You were a successful businessman, very successful contractor builder. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty years I was in business. And when um, when you you see this in 2007, it does your wife ever think, oh, shit, um, but my husband's lost his mind. I, I, I probably should admit him. She absolutely thought that. And the whole community did. And once uh, NASA come, NASA went around. Uh, my friend, one guy from NASA, I wouldn't say the, 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 the organization, but scientists from there came. And it was a NASA scientist that walked next door without me knowing to my mom and dad's and said, pulled out their badges and flipped them on them both and said, you got to stop treating your son like you don't believe him. I'm telling you the phenomenon's real and he's telling you the truth. So that's been my government experience. They came in and helped us when the whole community turned against us. Even the UFO world turned against us because I started believing they were some sort of angelic being. Um, and that was too much for them. It was more about Pleiadians and Arcturians and Galactic Federations and all this stuff, which had no sense to me. It made no sense. And, um, but it was people from the government that, if you read the book, um, you'll see what their role was in helping my children, my wife and myself overcome this harsh treatment from the community. And and so in 2007, you have your first experience. And how long after until your wife has an experience? Weeks, within a few weeks, two or three weeks, they started coming in the house where she saw. The God, that must have been a huge relief for you. You might, did, right? Yeah. You need yeah. one more person kind of – at least one more person to see it so you can be like – because after the, after I had my experience, I went on a two-year mission to find just one person who shared the experience with me. Right. It got you pretty good then. Yeah, it, it got me – it really shook me. And then the experience I had, which is crazy, you're, you are going to absolutely trip on this. I, I actually didn't even realize the importance of this until just now to tell you this. So I, I basically, I, I went everywhere. I went, went to like the Buddhist monastery. I, started, I read the entire Bible. I, for, I just sort of began searching for any clue I could have for what this is. I went and spoke to the local priest. Everyone treated me like I was crazy. Right. It was fine, but I, but I was cool with it. It was cool. And um, it was very unsettling. And so what I decided I was going to do was I was going to try to have that experience again. And the night, the night before, I, and I told myself I'm just going to get in my car and I'm just going to drive north into the mountains. And what ended the in the night before I um I left, I said, okay, I'm going to take my radio out of my car so I don't I'm not distracted by anything. And when I woke up in the morning, uh, there were some robbers trying to steal my radio out of my car, and my radio was completely out of my car, and I chased them off. So I got to keep my radio, but someone took my radio out of my car for free. Wow! I went on this drive. I got to – I drove like maybe 600 miles, 700 miles. I went to sleep, and I was at the Oregon-Washington border up on the uh, – basically on the west coast of the United States of America. It's, I think it's the Columbia River. 
and it was like three or four in the morning. And it was snowing. I was sleeping in the back of my truck and I was freezing. And I'm like, man, I better get up and drive. So I start driving east. I don't know where I'm going. And it's snowing so hard, Chris. And I'm on this highway in the middle of the night and there's no one there. And I pass by and I see a man walking on the side of the road. And I'm like, that guy's going to die if no one gets him. I stop the car. I open the door and a guy gets in and he's carrying a fuck. This is in three in the morning. He's frozen. He's got, he looks like an ice cube. He's carrying a suitcase. He's wearing a leather jacket and he just has like a little hat on and he gets in the car and we drive for like a couple hours and I have the heat on full blast. We don't exchange a word. And I said to him, I said, it's finally, I can see he's, he's starting to thaw out. I'm like, Hey man. And, and the sun's starting to come up. I'm like, Hey man, how are you alive? And he says, I just kept moving. The owls keep me alive. I have owl friends and they keep me alive. They get me a lot. And for those of you who haven't read the book, and I didn't even realize that until just now talking to you. And we ended up having a really fucking insane relationship. Me and this guy, he basically told me he was the light and that was it. And that was the only confirmation I ever needed. Um, I, I never even told him my story. He just told me his that validated it. And, uh, uh, and I, and I, yeah. And, and, and that, that's, uh, that the owls is a major part of my life story. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I never thought of that until just now. That guy who confirmed it to me that he was the light. And then he, I asked him what kept him alive, and he said the owls. And, and that's for you, that's a huge part of your life. Very fascinating. Yeah. Just well, a coincidence, though. Just a coincidence, Chris. Just a coincidence. I believe these, yeah, there's no coincidence. I believe, oh, these, okay, good. Uh, I believe that these beings uh, can appear in many forms, and nature is a big, huge way. Owls, hummingbirds. Uh, look at the Egyptian deities they're not um they're 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 animals they're birds you know hawks or falcons or alligators or you know jackals it's all about nature it's all about and and in the bible there's a story about ezekiel and this wheel within a wheel you read the story well this this thing lands in front of him two of them and he walks between them and out comes this creature with four faces it has the face of a man face of an eagle the face of an ox and the face of a lion so what's that about you know what's it trying to tell him or us by studying that um so it's forces of nature uh, Jeffrey Birchfield, Sevon, are you saying you were abducted by aliens? No, I I abducted the alien. You didn't hear the story. I I abducted the alien. Right. Uh, no one fucking abducts me. I'm a grown ass man. I abducted the alien. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I abducted the alien. Maybe one day. Uh, I've told the story before. I don't like to tell it very often. I, 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 it's funny when I'm reading the book. I I'm like, man, why is he so tripped out by all this stuff? But then. When it's time for me to tell my story, I don't want to share my story either. Right. I don't. I don't want to share. Uh, I sh I shared it enough in the beginning, and um, there there becomes a point where I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know why. I don't. I don't want to. Um, I want. Uh, Sevon's alien uh, had a, a sore or orifice. Yes, I probed the alien. The alien didn't probe me. That's correct. <laughs> That's isn't, is, isn't the internet a fabulous place? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Uh, the the um do you have a calendar uh chris that's just like full of people visiting this like do you have a calendar and is it electronic or is it do you write is do you have a big one on your wall no i have a, a google 
um, calendar that it stays full all the time. I mean, literally every day with uh, people or podcasts and uh, or my travels where, you know, I'll be in Utah in two days and um, maybe in L.A. in two weeks. So are you going to Moab? Uh, no, I can't say where I'm going, but I'm going okay. out to do some more filming out there. Uh, um, uh, why, why Utah? It's just, I wrote about it in the book. If you read my book, you'll see that. I my, feel horrible every time you say that. Cause I just, I just listened to it all in two days and I'm like, Oh shit. What, what parts are you talking about? My experience with the lady. Yes. I believe, uh, uh, Utah resonates very highly with that. Okay. Yeah. Some desert Canyon out there is drawing me to oh. the, the canyons the petroglyphs and you know i don't know what all all it means i'm just on a journey trying to figure this out you know it's, it's the most complex thing more complex than anything known to man cancer or, or any of it and we haven't even scratched the surface of what this phenomenon is but it's in total control complete control of of our lives are are you having fun? Yes, sir. First time in years. Um, you know, it wasn't always easy, but um, I, I am very thankful that I got to publish this book and have had thousands of people writing me with beautiful stories of, you know, how they were touched and how they're seeing the phenomenon now and uh, how it connected dots for them. And I'm just, I'm happy for that beyond measure um uh th this guy's being a smart ass but but we'll we'll actually make a um we'll make something good of this we'll make something uh a strange how aliens select certain people instead of sharing their message with everyone so that it, it is um it really is i i love the way you said this uh there's an emotional posture a frequency um an image you hold on to there's a way you describe revisiting is it similar to the this this when you interact with them is there you know the first interactions with them is like holy shit i surrender you're surrendering to the heavens take me i'm ready to die you have the interaction is there any piece of that that's still related that kind of, of um i don't want to use the word submissiveness but um acceptance or yeah um to this very day that what i experienced that night um the, the, what you're talking about there I surrendered I thought I was going to die I thought they were there to kill me and this being spoke to me and said no you don't understand we're here to help you not hurt you and that's when this, when you say it spoke to you it speaks to you in English yeah loud okay. and clear okay. uh, but his mouth never moved I just heard this voice and that's the way they speak to me today. That's how I know in advance they're here. I've proven it with scientists and government people and on camera, which a lot of people that tune in will get to see. Um, I hear them. I hear them with images. I don't hear them with a voice. You don't hear this audible voice in my head. It's set when that being was standing there. I heard it, but. Um, and when the lady came, I heard that voice. But now it's they I know when they're near because suddenly, like I'm talking with you and I'm looking at you, we're having a conversation. 
suddenly my eyes glaze over and I see these visions or these images of this orb sitting above my house. And um, even I write about it, my manager, David. Uh, David is in the last chapter of the book. And we talk about him being here when we first met. And he came from Washington, D.C. to visit because he had an experience that really rocked his world. His wife had cancer and they had three newborn babies, triplets, wow. triplets. Wow. And he had the hardest time. You know, he was he had to take care of these babies and his wife with cancer and it was the end of the world and suddenly he's in Washington and this 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 craft appears in front of him and he pulls the car over and gets out with all these cars going by and he sees it. So he reaches out to friends and they point him to me. And when he came here, now we're best friends. I love him. How's his wife? She's fine. She's oh, healthy good. and his children are now 14 years old. But he comes here and the, we just hit it off really quickly because he's sitting in my house my daughter and husband her husband got got up to go get carry out food from the local restaurant and it's just dark good and we were talking and suddenly i had that image i said david they're here now they're they're right there above us and he jumps up he's closest to the front door and opens the door and looks up and there it is to 300 feet hovering over our house and suddenly he looks back. I, when I come out, I'm looking the other direction. And here come two more. And I said, David, I mean, David looked at me while he's filming with his cell phone. He said, he just said, my God, how did you know that? John Alexander told me you knew uh, when they were here before, before and ahead of time. And so um, this, this telepathic images they give you. And I imagine it happens to a lot of people. You just don't realize it what's happening. Yeah, do you, I, I was actually thinking that too. Do you think a lot of people have had interactions and we're just, people are, we're just in denial? Yeah, a hundred percent. I do thousands. We're, we're just in denial because it's too scary to overwhelm us. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent correct. And I think that's what they're doing now is starting to appear worldwide, which I predicted that the, the, the being told me that in 2019, we're going to start appearing around the world in big numbers because we're going to, we want our presence known. You need to tell what you know, and we're going to help you with witness and camera. And I told that to the right people. And let me tell you, they're seeing it. Just like NORAD talked about, you know, seeing these things. Well, it won't all balloons. They're seeing them around the world. People are starting to film them groups of people so it's there's there's something happening what about when the president um, not the current president the prior president uh, president trump when he formed the um i think it was like a fifth branch of the military right the space the space branch right any thoughts on that well i, I really don't i don't know um i do know people that work there or have worked there and um i've become friends with or will become but uh, I can't really say what, you know, I don't know. Just... And, and you haven't, uh, um, uh, you haven't tried, you haven't done ayahuasca. You haven't done mushrooms. You haven't done, no. No. I'm a father with four beautiful children and two grandchildren. One's handicapped. He's paralyzed from the waist down. One of your children is? I didn't, I don't remember that from the book. 
one of my grandchildren. Oh, grandchildren. Two, okay. two grandsons. Okay. How did he get paralyzed? A car wreck from a drunk when he was six years old, broken. Oh my back. God. I'm so sorry. Holy shit. How old is he now, Chris? He's uh, 13. 13. What's his name? Uh, Vincent. Hey, do all of those guys have experiences? Is everyone in your family seen the orbs now? All of them. All. Do you have any friends who haven't seen it? Like I come over to your house every day and I hang out with you and we play backgammon and we talk about like the good old days and I talk about how the time I slept with my girlfriend in your Trans Am and I didn't tell you, but I've never seen the orb. Very few, if any. Most everybody comes here gets to experience it. Didn't used to be that way, but since 2019, it's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, I walked, I, I took 40 videos one night and 56 one night last you, week. You, you ever do anything crazy, like take the hose out there with you and try to squirt them or be like, hey, I'm leave a leave an egg in a frying pan and be like, hey, guys, cook this for me. Or just like just some, I don't know, just some ridiculous off the wall. Have you, do you ever try any experiments, hang like a bunch of cans and see if they can make them rattle just no, because it's such a humbling um, thing to me to to be in their presence. It's like I'm seeking wisdom. I'm seeking um, information. And right. that's, you know, I'm very reverent to this phenomenon because it's so powerful. It's unbelievable how powerful it is. And, and, and I can hear it in your voice uh, in the videos, by the way. It's very obvious that you that um, none of this has become mundane to you in every video you're just you, you, uh you seem like a guy who's so thankful yes and that's uh it, it, it should be with everyone if it allows you to interact with it um and and you have to have that type of uh feeling inside that you know humble yourself and 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 seek i write that in the book seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open because that rings true to me with this phenomenon. Uh, J- Jeremy says, no, he doesn't do that stuff stuff because he's mature. He's making fun of me, like squirt it with the hose or something easy. <laughs> uh, how, how about this, Chris? What about like, if, if I, I mean, I suspect someone's watching me through my camera anyway on my phone all the time. Right. Just, I, I just believe just, I, and I think it's been admitted like the NSA is just recording everything anyway. But how about stuff like um, uh, intimacy with your wife or like, and you just know that those guys are around? Uh, well, I don't worry about it at all. You don't, you just, yeah, uh, no, but in and, and no, por- like you can't, like you can't, you, you just stop, stop watching porn, no porn ever anymore. I never watched that in my life. Uh, Good. I always thought it was not, uh, was unclean to me. So. It is unclean. Yeah. I've been I've been pretty much a father and um, a husband and a grandfather. My wife and I'll be married forty years this June twenty fifth. You're, you're in a crazy rare club. You see orbs and you've never watched porn. I don't watch. Porn. <laughs> Think of that. You're like in the one percent in two categories <laughs> on uh, on on planet Earth. Um, so so you just you accept them. There, you accept yeah. them. 
I accept them uh, because they gave me a gift. Uh, and that was a healing that I struggled 17 and a half years with uh, unbelievable problems with my digestive system. Going to the bathroom 25 times in a day is the worst thing you can ever imagine. You yeah. get up to go to work and before you get a half a mile down the street, you're back in the restroom can't socialize you can't go to parties you can't drink alcohol i couldn't drink anything but water or maybe a sprite for 18 years and suddenly it's all gone and now i drink you know i'm drinking coffee i couldn't drink coffee for all those years and orange juice stuff i loved it, it all was taken away because of that disease and um, I cried out for help for that and the ability to get started over. Well, they came and they granted that, but it was the community. It was the people. It was the church that turned on me and um, and the family, even the schools. The children there made fun of my children and their father, and it really just nearly destroyed us for the longest time. And it, What it did, it isolated us as a family unit government people came in and said look um you know we just want you to stay away from the ufo world and all that we'd like to study this in its pure form without you having any ideas put in your head by other people it's not that um, um that was the reason they just wanted me to to keep my experience mine because sometimes people take on each other's experience knowing or not knowing and that's what they told me. So, uh, you in the beginning of the show, you called that a what did you call that? The something effect when uh, people take on other people's experiences. Well, I don't know if I called it anything, but that that's what the NASA folks told me that um, a lot of people might see a light in the sky and then they go researching or they're they had an experience and they're really still wondering what happened, but suddenly some people just start knowing all the answers and i'm leery of anybody that knows the answers to this this because we really don't we don't know what's going on we don't know who they are we don't know what they want we just know it's real and i've been proving that in a massive way but we're still at the, an infant at trying to figure out what it is and but I know how it's affected my life and other people and what I do to make it come. And that's my contribution to this study of this phenomenon is just to help us, you know, see it. You got to see it to study it. Right. Well, or perceive it some way. Do you, maybe, maybe you don't even have to see it. Maybe you just have to have some perception of it. Right. It, um, um, it, it changed your whole perspective on consciousness right I, I heard your son ask you uh dad what is god right well you know god's a spirit and to me you know you got people in egypt or or saudi arabia or jerusalem and they're all saying my god is this and your god is that well god is god you know when none of us can perceive what god is and you can't label god as anything it's just there's just a powerful force above us that undoubtedly created all this and what it is we can only imagine and so uh, i think the world needs to take a step back and we need to figure out we don't have the uh facts 
that we shouldn't be killing one another over my God is better than your God. Because all we can do is imagine God. We don't, we've never seen him. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know what he, what he, what he is or what he cares for. So I think this is where we're heading in our future is a realization that we need to all stop and, and um, think about this and, and stop killing each other. That's what the lady would like. I know that. Do you, do you process things like um, the more mundane things like, uh, like, like corporate, like this thing that just happened to the planet. There's a, at least this is what the news is telling us. There's a corporation out there um, uh, named Pfizer, uh, Moderna and AstraZeneca, and they made um, billions of these um, in, piece of liquid inside of a needle and they tried to inject everyone on the planet with it. Do you process stuff like that? Do you think about stuff like that? Or do you, is that even, do you even keep that at a distance? Cause that's a pretty trippy phenomenon, right? We're a creature living on this planet and these four or five big companies want us all to inject ourselves with some liquid that none of us really know what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't like to comment on that. Um, okay. It, and that's it, fair. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. It, it, but but in relationship, those are the things that you like, like or or you know we have a whole country that's um uh you seem like a guy who sees us more as one, yes. in that and and yet there's all these fragments right of different countries, different races, different ethnicities, different groups, different sexes, just the whole thing. But that's not that's not your shtick at all. No, I, I just see us all as one under some magical creation that. Uh, we need to put everything else aside and try to figure out um, a truth here and how it might uh, benefit us. I think there's a huge benefit from knowing um, this, but I think they're wanting us to, to grow up and quit killing one another and, yeah, you know, so that's just something I, I believe, but I don't know if I'm correct. Right. Uh, Hurt you uh, and, and hurting each other. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, I can't fathom it because my experience before this happened, I'm in the Boone and Crockett record book for Killing Bear. I was shot at 10 years old. I shot my first deer at five. I grew up in the woods on the country on a farm and I hunted and it was a way of life. And I didn't, I didn't, I had no, um, I wouldn't say the word. It was a cruel way to do animals, you know, to hunt for sport. And But when the lady came, she made me understand that all life is special. Even the bugs, if they run from you, they don't want to die. They're afraid. And it's not my right to take in life. And so I was transformed from that old person that shot bears and deers and animals to someone that picks a bug up in my house and takes him outside yeah and wishes him well because however dumb that might sound that's what this phenomenon has done to me it transformed me transformed my heart towards humanity and towards everybody and that's why i've spent the last you know 10 11 years trying to help the sick not on tv not doing movies i could have done that i've had the offers um documentaries and all but i've chose to stay private and um, try to help others 
Chris, I'm going to ask you something and get your sort of advice if you think I'm thinking clearly on this. So the other day, I, I have two six-year-old sons and eight-year-old son. My six-year-old son, Ari, comes up to me and says, hey, there's a spider in the entryway. Um, we Come look at it. And I look at it, and it's, it's the tiniest spider you've ever seen, right? The size of a uh, head of a, of a pencil lead. Right. And I go, oh, okay. And I go get a paper towel. He's like, don't kill him. I'm like, well, why not? He's because like, he's he he doesn't want to be killed. I'm like, all right, you're right. He's like, take him outside. So I spend 15 minutes until the spider's exhausted. He finally climbs on the paper towel. I go, okay, we'll set the paper towel outside now, and we'll come back in the morning. And I'm thinking, wow, what a healthy perspective, right? That, like, it's unnecessary. Don't kill the creature. Yeah, I'm exactly like that, and <laughs> I love that you told me that. Beautiful children, six years old. Yeah, awesome, that's right? That's beautiful. I mean, he has a heart for every living thing, and that's so, what we all got to learn. So, so then let let me ask you this. It, it, I, I, then the next day, I'm with my eight year old, and we're getting off the freeway, and there's a lady there, and she's holding a sign, and it says, "I have three kids. I need money." Blah blah blah. And my son says, "Hey, Heidi, that means father in Armenian. Will you give her some money?" I said, "No." He said, "But uh, don't you feel bad for her?" I said, "I feel very bad for her." And, and and he said, well, why don't you give her money? You could help her, right? And I said, I could give her money. And I said, but here's the problem. And he goes, what? And I go, I don't know if it will help her. And I, I, I if, there, if she was playing the violin or if she was juggling or if she was doing something that I thought was bettering herself or working or, or adding value, um, I would give her something. But right now, if I give her something, what I'm doing is, is I'm reacting to my – to my heart uh, to sort of uh, appease a uncomfortability that I'm not willing to sit with. Right. I just, I just, I just didn't, I don't want to, um, and I was homeless myself for many years, um, but I didn't want to re and, and, and by the way, in the, the 99% of the people I was homeless with were drug addicts. That was actually the thing. They weren't homeless. They had chosen drugs over shelter. Right. What, what do you think about that? Should it just be like, um, I mean, I know I have kids, but a part of me does want to just like put on a white sheet and get a staff and just walk out into the world and give everything fucking away. Like, what do I care? Take it and let let the cards fall where they may. But here I am making this kind of social decision not to reward a beggar because, as Gandhi said, begging is is still a profession. And I don't and I don't want to encourage that profession. Do you have any do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, in fact, and, and I'm I, open. Be just blunt with me. Be like, no, jackass. Give her the money. Don't be a dick. Well, before I was, before I was experiencing all this, I was that person that would say, well, they, you know, I'd criticize them. They, uh, they could be working. Or they could be doing this. But yeah. after my experience, it's like these poor people. Whatever their problem is, and if you're in. in if, if you're giving them money so they can buy drugs, that would probably be, that's something weighs on my conscience bad. But if it was a lady with three children or needing three children, I'm the guy that gives them the last dollar I got. Yeah. I'm, uh, there's a lady that she's 60 years old and she sells newspapers for 50 cents beside the street. Yeah, I like that though. At least now she's offering, I want to reward this con. Like, I think our only value as humans is what we offer to other humans. Right. But I would be the guy that stops and gives her $5 if I have it in my pocket. Or, right. You know, because I don't want to judge. I don't want to be that person that judges. I just want to feel like, Lord, I did something good. And I hope it helps this person in some way or another. And 
you can't give to everyone, but that's been my transformation of feeling very sorry for these people, no matter what their situation is. And, um, but you have to be, have some discernment to, um, you just can't give to everybody, right? It's just not enough to do it, but. And and I and I wanted him. To, I wanted to encourage him to feel that that what he felt was right. Right, exactly. You should feel some pain. You should have empathy. You should be able to look at another human being who's hurting, because you know most people just look away. They won't even look at the homeless guy. They won't say hi to him. They won't smile at him. They won't give them a hug. Right. But I don't want to encourage that. I want I, I want to encourage him to sit with those those yeah. those perceptions. Absolutely, and I love the way your children think. I mean, that's and it's innocence, you know, young, you raise them up right. And, and it sounds like you're doing a great job of that. My, oh, well, thank you. There's, I want to raise my kids well, and I want to be funny. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I want us to stay true to uh, God. Um, I don't know if it's in that order. Uh, what, what, how do, is, is there a mailing list that people can get on so that when you're this, is it a movie that's coming out or is it a TV show? What, what's coming out? Well, it's in a new summer? series. Uh, I can't say anymore because of an NDA, but this summer there's a new series um, on the history channel. Okay. Coming out and they're going to, to um, feature my family, most of them. And, or at least three of my children. One is a data scientist at a university, and he couldn't be here for a week. Um, but I think it's going to open some eyes big time. Um, and is there any way that I could – well, I'd like to – is there any – is there a mailing list I can get on? Do you have a mailing list that announces, like, things that you're doing? Well, I'll tell you what. I, my website is, uh, is where you can find me, UFO of God. Dot com. It's the same as the book title. And there you can find a link to Amazon to buy the book, but also you can see testimonies. And um, we're just now starting to, uh, we're going to be posting upcoming events. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you'll be able to find where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing soon on this website. Hey, look, this this lady that you're having this interaction with in this picture also kind of mirrors the lady that's in on the cover of your book. Yeah, and that's um, that was a yeah. beautiful young lady. She, I was in Pasadena for Alien Con a few weeks back, and it's just this beautiful young lady. And her grandma walks up, and they saw something while out in the backyard. It hovered over them and shot away, and they were on a journey to find a. a the truth of what, or, you know, some kind of answers. And they stopped by my booth and uh, she was just like, uh, like a, a little child and so innocent. And my manager took that photo because of, um, it just turned out to be a beautiful thing. Oh, it's, a, it's a great photo. Yeah. You guys look like you're connected. Yeah. When, when your son started the podcast, did you have any concerns? Were you like, oh, maybe he shouldn't be doing this? It, his well, name's Ryan, right? Ryan, yeah. Bledsoe said so is his podcast, and he he's been extremely successful there. And I have had to rein him in on a few things, not to give away some of the stuff I didn't want told. But um, 
that's he's a grown man and he's done a fabulous job and i love him and i think uh, i'll stick beside him um because to the day i die and i'm happy where he is and his pop um, excuse me his podcast has touched a lot of people so uh, brother, great, great having you on the show. Um, I have your contact information. You have my phone number. I would love to uh, stay in touch. And uh, this summer when the um, – uh, may maybe you can share this with David and also uh, have my producer send David uh, an email. But when your show is about to come out, I'd love to have you back on and, uh, and, and, and help you promote it, get more eyeballs on it. Uh, Absolutely. You, 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 have a you have a fantastic message. Uh, uh, and I, your optimism and your, um, your, your clarity and your singularity and focus of love and kindness is, I mean, it's real brother. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be on, be on your show. And, uh, and even on my website, you can find the Instagram account where I post videos. Yes. And my yep. Facebook. So, um, but yeah, uh, stay in touch and uh, you've got my email now so you can catch me at any time and i would absolutely love to come back on awesome all right chris uh congratulations what an exciting time congrats on the book and uh, uh I, I know we're going to talk again i appreciate you absolutely i appreciate you my friend thank you so much cheers all right chris bledsoe UFO of God. My first UFO story. Huh? I need to have guests on. No more live calling shows. I'm never doing another live calling show. Only guests. I love hearing other people's stuff. I believe them. I need to, I, I believe them. I believe them enough to not believe them. I don't really, I, 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 I mean, what do, what can I possibly know? There's got to be dumber shit I believe. I fully believe him. He's having some interaction. Um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating that his whole family and all these people around him are having the same interactions. No, I'm not sad he wouldn't do the vaccine talk. If, if, I know from reading the book that uh, he has um, way more faith in medicine than uh, oh uh, than I do. Oh, I need to put him in touch with Anthony Chafee. That guy needs to get on the carnivore diet. I can just uh, yeah, that guy needs someone who uh, someone from our world to to um. Oh, here we go. That that's another great way. Uh, I believe that he believes too. Yeah, I believe he believes. Yep, Miss Olson. Yep, for sure. Yeah, um, uh, you you don't uh, believe in uh, God, but this you believe. Well, I don't. I don't need to believe in God. I, that's ridiculous. I, I I know God. I've told you. You you know that, Mister Wayne. I know God. I know. I know the unknown. I have awareness of the unknown. I would. I don't. It's one of the few things I know. I have awareness of the unknown. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Uh yeah. I didn't. Yeah. 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 He's on that orange juice and Sprite diet. I know it's killing me. When he said orange juice, I wasn't sure if I should start a lecture. Like, dude, you can never drink orange juice. The thing is, I don't know why it's so hard for people to accept there are other beings in the universe. 
Um, okay. I, I I think we all I think we all accept that. I think it's just terrifying. I mean, some one of you guys do it tonight in the middle of the night. Go outside and look up to the heavens. Drop to one knee and say, "I beg of you, interact with me." Uh, Sevi, I can't wait uh, until we give our prime subs to Sevi to give him that money. Our prime subs. To, I don't understand. Uh, someone I know just showed me a photo of orbs and what I looked like a central docking ship in the sky over Minneapolis from 2018. Uh, send me that. Where is that? What's this? Uh, it, so with Twitch, if you have Amazon Prime, you can use a free sub they give you. A su like a sandwich? A sub? You can give a free sandwich? I don't know. what su Subway? Here we go. I, just, I had just given my Prime sub away before Sevi had to get on here. What the hell is this? I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I can't even figure it out. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I have had the, and this odd obsession with the unknown since I was a child. This just reignited that obsession. Oh, subscription, subscription. Yeah. Give me out. It's basically like giving seven. It's basically giving seven like $3 for free. Meaning you can give me $3, but it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely do that. I promise you I won't be giving it to some someone begging for money on the side of the freeway. Unless an orb tells me to do that. Then if an orb told me to do that, then I'd do that. I uh I saw did you see that locals account? I, I forwarded you the email, Bruce. I don't know. I don't want to know what we're doing with it, but I just wanted you guys to see that I'd signed up. Yeah, give no someone wouldn't want us to give money. No, give money. Give it all. I don't even know how you get money. I, I was surprised the first time we got money on YouTube. Pleasantly surprised. Okay. I like that. I liked having a guest on. It's been a while. I got to, uh, I got, I got to ask, um, I got to ask, uh, Sousa right now to see if he can get, um, Ricky Garrard on. Should I call Sousa? You guys want to hear that call? Uh, Ricky, or I'm going to start uh, uh, Ricky and Sousa, Matt. Sousa. Chat? Oh. Uh, Matt, can we get Ricky on the schedule asap he's on sydney time get the uh, blink 182 guy on tom delong i don't even know how he get in touch with them you know i think greg might be friends with that guy or know that guy Uh, if you get Tom DeLong on, I'm going to lose my shit. Why? Oh, look, you don't even have your hat on your flat bill, Robbie. Is I, I, 
Why? Why? Uh, I feel bad for Ricky Garrett. Uh, he had a good shot at the podium. God, how excited is Vellner? No, I'm not doing the open. Nope. But I'm a big supporter of it. I mean, what can I do to support it? Oh, okay. I'll, I can DM him right now. What is he on Instagram? Is he, he's not going to see a DM. He's, let's see how many. How many? Uh, you know who? You know who would be interesting to have on and talk about the orbs with is Courtney. Uh, Courtney Hunt. Do you remember her? I wonder what she thinks of the orbs and quantum computing and all that stuff. Let me see. Search Tom DeLong. Tom. The blast. Everyone has a fucking check mark now. It's fucking crazy. Oh, this guy has a million. Oh, this guy has an alien for his uh, profile picture. This Tom DeLong dude. Okay, Tom. Tom. I just had Chris Bledsoe on my podcast. I'd love to have you on. Okay. There, sent. Mike Hunt. Uh, Sevan, you got to get Emily Kaplan uh, back on, man. Uh, what for? What are we going to talk about? What do you mean? What are we going to talk about? Tell me. What are we going to talk about? Hey, she's a great guest, huh? She's fiery. So the guy doesn't watch porn. You got to like how I got that in there, right? The porn part. And the, um, and having sex around the house with your wife and the fucking aliens are watching. Emily's the best. It's Emily Kaplan from the CrossFit book. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm texting with Brian right now. Oh, should we call Brian? Should we fuck with Brian? Let's do it. I think we're doing a Frisbee show uh, tomorrow. I, I'm going to call him on the, um, you know, Brian's in my favorites. Let's see. Uh, what if I said his number out loud? He'd be pissed. That's fine. I think we're doing a Frisbee show tomorrow. We're supposed to do it tonight, but I'm just, I'm, I got too busy. I got all consumed with this UFO book. I would have kept that guy on longer too, but I was afraid when he said he had to go to the bathroom all the time, I was afraid like, oh shit, this motherfucker probably got Got to go to the bathroom. Get Laura Horvat on. Oh, my God. I'd love to get Laura on or Haley Adams on. I really would like to get Laura or Haley Adams on. Just seen that episode the other day. Brian and Sevon got railed. We got ra I love getting railed. I might go inside and get railed right now. Nothing like the wireless customer you are calling is nothing like a good railing. <laughs> What's an abolition? Brian is busy with his morning abolitions. He knows now that the podcast is on at this time and not to answer the phone. Oh. Yeah, he's screening. He's screening his calls. Um, 
Uh, let's see if I can get him to call this number. I don't even know. I don't even know the live call number. Nine two eight five eight three three nine zero three. Oh shit! Hey, I'm live on the air. Uh, I was just talking about UFOs, and I was just wrapping up the show, and I thought I'd give you a call so that people could hear your voice. Oh, okay. Um, a, a Frisbee show tomorrow? Yep. Tomorrow night? Music City Open. Tomorrow night, yeah. Music City Open. It's going to be good, right? You're saying it's amazing? Yeah, I mean it's it's just a it's a continuation of what we've been seeing this year. Just an incredibly competitive field with a lot of players uh, having a chance down to the end, and the winner ends up not being the person you expect. Wow, awesome! Uh, why are you in such a good mood this morning? I've been on like the precipice of death for several days, and I'm feeling better now. Oh, that's awesome! All right. Well, thank you for not hanging up on me. Um, everyone, everyone in the comments is happy to hear your voice. We'll be, uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. All right. Good to talk to you, buddy. Looking forward to it. Okay. Bye. Tomorrow evening, Frisbee show with Brian. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Devesh Maharaj. Sevan loves getting railed but won't put a chocolate penis in his mouth. Definitely racist. It's because the penis is dark brown. Not true. Not that is not true. It sounds like Brian was sick. I'll call him and find out what was wrong. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Chris Bledsoe. Great guy. And I will see you guys uh, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. I don't think we have a guest yet. We need one. Yeah, Brian just said, call me when you're off the air. Okay. Love you guys. Good day. Cornejo. Cornejo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.